Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I read an op-ed by Mike Lake. I read it uh, the other day. It actually appeared initially in April of 2019. And uh, it appeared in the National Post. And Mike, uh, the lead of Mike's editorial, his op-ed, is I hesitated to vaccinate my children. I know better now. Now, I know Mike Lake a little bit. He's been a guest on my program in the past. I'll ask the studio to please put Mike on because this call screener is not cooperating. So you guys need to do that. Please stay on top of that. Um, I've talked to Mike in the past, and uh, Mike's son lives with autism. And Mike, the the editorial, the commentary that you wrote in 2019 is so applicable now, given where we are with COVID, given where we are as far as the vaccinations are concerned, given where we are as far as the concerns many people still have about being vaccinated. And, And I thought it was bang on. So thank you for coming on the show, and let's talk about what you wrote and why you wrote it. Um, start us off, please. What What is it that got you started on this? Well, um, you know, it's it's ultimately I, I do a lot of work in international development now, and uh, and vaccines are, are critically important um, in our approach to so many things from a global health perspective. Um, and and to go back, you know, we obviously do a lot of work on autism, and you and I have spoken about that in the past. But uh, my right. son Jaden was was born in '95, but he was diagnosed in in 1998. Uh, in the spring of 1998. And in February of that year, um, a British, British researcher named Andrew Wakefield co-authored a, a paper in The Lancet claiming to find a connection between autism and the MMR uh, vaccine. And as you can imagine, um, at that point in time, going through a diagnosis and uh, uh, a, uh, a paper as, uh, as influential or a journal as influential as The Lancet uh, claiming to, to uh, uh, make this connection between vaccines and autism, um, you know, was really, really important to, to families and taken very seriously by families. And, um, and so, uh, Jaden's, Jaden's mother and I were, were hesitant, uh, when my daughter was born, uh, in 1999, uh, we were hesitant with her because of, uh, um, the connection. And, um, and, and since that time, uh, parents have been hesitant. There's been, uh, you know, a lot of talk and a lot of conspiracy theory around vaccines and autism. Now, Shortly after that, in the, in the years subsequent to that, uh, Wakefield's claims were completely debunked by researchers and the paper was retracted by The Lancet. Uh, his co-authors backed away from, um, from the claims and, and he was subsequently actually banned by the UK's General Medical Council uh, from practicing medica- uh, medicine. Uh, but the, the, the connection and the, you know, in, in this social media world that we were in, the uh, connection still persists. Um, you know, yes, they do. Uh, furthered and put forward by people like uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. and Jenny McCarthy and others, uh, other non-medical experts. And so uh, you just thought a year ago it was important to uh, to weigh in and tell a story. And uh, I did not think that it would be as relevant today as it, uh, as it was then, but it's even more relevant today, I think. Well, well it absolutely is. And Wakefield was a guest on my program maybe uh, 12, or th- 12, 13 years ago. And there was a reason to talk to him at the time. And, and Mike, this won't surprise you. I still get emails referencing that particular interview and asking me to have Wakefield back, even after all of the negative uh, information and uh, evidence that's been published about his, his uh, quote, research, end quote. 
But it must have been an extremely difficult time, and you write about this in the op-ed, must have been an extremely difficult time for you and other parents who actually have come face-to-face with the, the concern about um, what he wrote, what his research suggested, and, and your children. I can't imagine what it would have been like for the time between you discovering that your son, Jaden, was living with autism and the time that you actually decided, yes, we're moving forward with the vaccine. It was, uh, you know, Roy, it was years. And uh, and even as you start to read more uh, information that, uh, you know, that uh, counters the arguments that uh, Wakefield was making back then, uh, we live in this world of, of what I call quote-unquote information, right? And, and, and you question everything. And there's just so much noise out there. Parents are trying to make the absolute best decisions they can for their kids. And I have a you know, a lot of grace for, for families that are, uh, that are still struggling with those decisions. Uh, not every family has the chance to talk to world leading autism researchers, um, and, and, uh, and vaccine researchers like I've had the chance to do over, over the years. And so people are trying to make the best decisions they can, um, and, uh, in, in a tough environment. And it doesn't just, it doesn't just relate to vaccines. Let's face it. We're in a, we're in a pretty difficult environment in terms of a lot of the conversations we're having right now, um, around COVID, for example. But on the vaccine front, um, when you do get a chance to talk to those experts, uh, you know, you, you, they're, they're united. Um, the Canadian Pediatric Society states, quote, the, the MMR vaccine does not cause autism. There is no scientific evidence to support this claim. The Centre for Disease Control uh, actually has an entire page on their website that says, uh, quote, vaccines do not cause autism. And um, if you talk to, uh, you know, to internationally renowned researchers, uh, one one living in Canada is uh, Evdikia Anagnostu, who I quoted in the article or in the op-ed that I wrote, and she couldn't have been more unequivocal. I mean, she said, uh, there are many areas where we don't have all the answers yet. However, this is not such an area. There's a very large body of research that's been, that has found no link between vaccines and autism. And she made the point that, you know, we're spending so much time and money researching a question that we already know the answer to because the public's worried that with that limited research funding, we're, we're not focusing on other things that still need answering. Well, you know, we start to, we're living now in a climate, if we're not living in a climate of fear, we're living close to a climate of fear. We're seeing all the reactions and responses to COVID, and it's been going on for 10 months. We've had lockdowns, we've had unemployment, we've had issues with people just trying to survive. You look at the small business community, and then you add the health component to it, and that really frightens people. So we're now at a situation, Mike, as you well know, where we're looking at vaccines and we're saying this could be the light of the, the end of this this terrible tunnel that we've been in. And I, for one, can't wait to roll out my sleeve and be vaccinated. And I wrote about it on my webpage at RoyGreenShow.com, and I took a lot of heat for that. But it's my decision for me. But I understand that people are people are concerned, people are are, are fearful. I get that. But but you have not not only do you have your son Jaden, but you've got your daughter Janae, who does not live with with autism, and and they've both been vaccinated, and they're both doing well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I, I'm with you, Roy. Uh, I will have no hesitation when my time comes to roll up my sleeve and uh, and get this vaccination. Um, but uh, but I do fear that there are people out there who, um, because of years of misinformation uh, propagated on on social media, will uh, will be hesitant. And uh, you know, I would I would 
you know, implore anybody just to at least it's it's natural to do the research. And certainly this vaccine, people make the point that it's uh, you know rolled out quicker than any vaccine in 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 history. And that's true. Uh, you know, a testament to uh, how advanced we are here in, in 2021 um, as a society. And and those who are concerned, uh, I think, uh, you know, it, it would be very responsible to do their due diligence, do some reading from credible sources on the vaccine to get comfortable um, because the vaccine is limited and, and uh, will roll out slowly. Some would say much too slowly right now here in Canada. Um, people who uh, who are a little bit hesitant can see other people take it and uh, and uh, get more comfortable with it as more and more Canadians uh, receive the vaccine. Um, but it, it will be critically important for recovery uh, and uh, a quick recovery from the not only the health uh, effects of COVID, but also also the the economic and social and mental health uh, effects of COVID in this yeah. country. Let me just read you this email, Mike. Hi, Roy. With all due respect, I have to disagree with your caller, which Debbie means you. I'm a mother of an autistic child who is now 27 years old. I remember it like yesterday when we gave him the MMR shot within 24 hours. I had a completely different child. Moving forward, when my daughter was born, we made the decision not to vaccinate her. And I'd never look back and regret it, but I do regret vaccinating my son 27 years ago. I'm sure you've heard this before. I'm sure you've had conversations with genuinely um, committed parents who feel as uh, as Debbie does. What's the what would you say to Debbie? You know, it's uh, the the experience, actually similar experience with Jaden uh, in terms of uh, in Jaden's case, he had a, a fever after his MMR. There's no shortage of uh, and a significant fever. There's no shortage of stories, um, anecdotal stories about challenges that people have. And of course, we live in a time when when we see those stories on social media um, and uh, and and there. I guess, in a sense, amplified beyond where they would normally be. Uh, what I would say is that when you get a chance to talk to the researchers, they'll tell you about, uh, you know, study after study after study. There was one in 2015, for example, in the Journal of the American Medical Association that looked at over 95,000 children um, with older siblings. And it's important that siblings were involved because there's there is a genetic connection with autism. And um, that study, 95,000 uh, strong in 2015 uh, concluded that again quote no harmful association between e- between MMR vaccine receipt and ASD um, and study after study after study has shown this and so um, again I I sympathize and I totally understand because I've been there myself um, a, the, 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 the hesitancy that comes with those stories and and your own sort of uh, personal experience. And and I don't want to discount that, uh, but I want to make sure that we bring that experience and 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 some context around that experience uh, informed by by people who dedicate their lives to looking at these things. You also in your piece, I hesitated to vaccinate vaccinate my children. I know better now. You point to the success of vaccines over the years, smallpox. Uh, you write, thankfully, something we don't worry about today. Yet in 1966. There were more than 10 million cases worldwide and 2 million deaths in 43 countries. Another tremendous success story is the fight against polio and then measles. Speak to that, please, Mike. Yeah, smallpox is a a phenomenal story. And I didn't really understand the effects of smallpox until I was doing the research for this this op-ed. Did you know that smallpox 
um, was responsible for the deaths in um, in the 20th century of 300 million people worldwide. And, and consider no that 300 million deaths from smallpox in, in the 1900s. In 1900, the, the global population was only 1.6 billion people. And, uh, and then eradicated by 1977 thanks to uh thanks to a systematic implementation of a science-based global vaccination program um you know polio in in 1988 uh, there were an estimated 350,000 cases of polio in in more than 125 countries in that year they the uh, global polio eradication initiative was formed and uh in 3 billion Kids have been vaccinated and polio is nearly wiped out. Uh, it, it was at the time I wrote the op-ed, it was endemic in three countries. Um, those numbers, I think, have changed now, but I think it might be two now. But uh, um, absolutely amazing impact, um, you know, world-changing impact. And I think the important thing to, to, to uh, remember as we're looking at health innovations in general, because, um, you know, because health is so important that there tend to be a lot of, uh, you know, thoughts and strongly held feelings about health uh, um, understandably there also tend to be a lot of conspiracy theories uh, around uh, the health impacts of this or that thing um, important to remember that our our life expectancy at a global level today is over 70 and that's at a global level obviously in canada it's over 80 did you know that in 1955 global life expectancy was uh under was younger than i am now i'm 51 now global life expectancy in 1955 was more than 20 years less than it is now it was under yeah i knew that it's amazing how it's amazing Um, that you know the the success that we've had we have developed innovations over time that have had a real positive impact on on the lives of uh, people around the world and vaccines are a very very important part of that if you want to hear more subscribe to the roy green show on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you find your favorites and if you like what you hear leave us a review and tell a friend i'm roy green have a great weekend